Kobe Trice. Real name, no gimmicks. Two trailer park girls go round the outside, round the outside, round the outside. Welcome to episode 27 of the Around the Outside podcast presented by Freight Train Studios. As always, it's your boy, Mr. Lux Rider, as me, and I'm joined by my lovely, lovely, wonderful, y'all know the drill by now, wonderful co-host, Mr. Kevin Clutch. What it do, man, Lux, what you think about this weekend? What you think about it? Oh man, this was this this was a good it was a typical Vegas weekend. Um you had guys up front that you're expected to run up front. Um it's it was a lot different than thing is was, was it was a lot different than um the spring we had, the spring or the winter race we had earlier in the year. You know, different weather conditions and stuff like that. But overall, it was very fun racing. Um, the restarts were good. The racing originally was fine. We had a, honestly Bell, even though we did were treated to a normal Larson runaway win. Bell made him fight for it. Well, made him sweat it a little bit. Um, but yeah, so overall, being it, really humble. You're being real humble, my man. What's up? I said, you're being real humble, because didn't you call a couple of these, uh, these dubs? I did. I did. Here's the thing is, I oh, called yeah. it. Here's, here's the thing. Here's the thing is, there's sometimes when I call it, and I'm not particularly proud I called it, because I was kind of hoping I would be wrong. This was one of those situations where I said Larson just because I have a feeling that's what it's going to be, but every point in my body was like, don't let it be Larson, don't let it be Larson, don't let it be Larson, don't let it be Larson. Ladies and gentlemen, that was the humblest of humble brags that you ever heard. It's the truth. Keep going, Lux. Sorry. (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah. Like, I'm more proud of the call I got on Saturday more than I was on Sunday. So... For those who don't know, I said Saturday, I think it would be a good opportunity for Riley Herbst to finally get his first career Xfinity win, and boy, did he, and he took him to the woodshed. Kevin, guess what the margin of, margin he had over second place John Hunter Nemechek was? How big was it? 15 seconds. Shit. Uh, it looks, put that for me in Formula One terms. Max Verstappen. <laughs> Yeah, he maxed for stepping. Um, he maxed for stepping the field. So, and the cool thing was, like, um, it, it's funny how I called it. Not only did I call the fact that Riley Hurts won, my two picks finished first and second because I also picked John Hart Nemechek. So I got one two for the Xfinity race, and I got a and I got a first with the Cup race. So. If, like I said, 
I'm more proud of Saturday than it was Sunday. Sunday, I was like, I was like, don't let it be Larson. Like, come on, let, let, let's not be that boring. But you put the name in because you wanted the money, not because you wanted the fame. Exactly, exactly. It ain't about the it ain't about the money. It's about the respect. But um, but no, it was, <laughs> the it was a really good race. Um, like I said, mile and a half never disappoint. Um, with this with this next gen car, and they proved it here. We had a lot of good racing, a lot of multi lane racing. Like the restarts, they were up to three and four wide every single restart. Like it was nothing. It was insane going through turns one and two, and three and four. It Speaking was of restarts. Wasn't there some restart drama? It was. Um, it was something of. It, it wasn't really drama. The only reason it was drama is because it involved the NASCAR's most popular driver getting his hand caught in a cookie jar. Really, Ooh, um, and he wasn't the only one. It was, I think, Elmendinger also got called for it. So basically, for last, the ringer. Yep, for us, I think eight and ten years almost. NASCAR's had a rule of where you cannot lay back on a restart to get a jump on the car in front. You know, you have to stay in line and stuff like that. So they said this in the drivers' meeting every race, every track for the last five, six, seven years, right? Right. Why are we surprised when Jay, when Jay, when they penalize Chase Elliott for doing it? We shouldn't be. NASCAR's most popular driver. We though. shouldn't. Be. We shouldn't be. He should know better. It's one of those things of. However, I understand why drivers do it because you know it's like, it's one of those things of like, well, he they can't watch all of us. You know, let me just lay back a little bit and get that jump. You know. Like it was one of those things of like it was one of those things of like, can they see me? Can they see me? I think I'm good. I think it's it's. Hang on, it's like if you ever ran a yellow light, like you know it turned red, but you still went just after it turned yellow. It went red. I am a model citizen. I would never. Okay, yeah, I have. Keep going. Yeah, get off your Okay. It's like, it's one of those things of like, you're just looking, as soon as you do it, you're looking around like, okay, nobody, I don't see any blue lights in my rear view mirror. Okay, looks like I got away with it, right? That's really what it is. Like, you know you're not supposed to do it. There's no, you know it's a it's law, you know it's all that stuff, but you still do it and just think maybe hopefully you can get away with it this time. NASCAR's watching. So that was just Chase Elliott and um, AJ Allmendinger got their hands stuck in the cookie jar. No harm, no foul. Now, the, the thing is, the penalty for it is severe enough to where you really don't want to get caught it. So, for those right, who so don't know. You said no harm, no foul, but what was the penalty? Penalty is a pass through penalty. Ooh. So, it is a big penalty, but it's one of those things of like, it's guilty. You know what I mean? Drivers, drivers will be, boys will be boys, drivers will be drivers. You know what I mean? Like, it's, what, what can yeah. you say? Yeah. What can you say? But yeah, all in all, um, like you said, like I said, it was a really good weekend for all the teams, um, for both the Xfinity and trucks and the Xfinity and the Cup Series. Oh my God! Reason I'm saying trucks because literally, I think the next two races we're gonna be. Matter of fact, actually no, the next three races we're gonna get we're gonna be full tilt for um. Well, next three series, right? No, actually, two of the next three races. This weekend and Phoenix, because because fa- for Martinsville, the truck series have off. But um, let's get to some um, shout-outs for the running order. 
Obviously, oh, Kyle yeah. Larson got the dub. Um, the list of your usual suspects for your top ten. You know, Christopher Bell, Kyle Busch, P three. I thought Christopher Bell was C Bell was going to get the dub. I really did. like. He, he, he was showing so much speed. It, honestly, if he had one more lap, it was a case of if he had one more lap, that was it. It would be a different person celebrating victory lane. That's as close as it was. How weird is that for Kyle Larson not to come in second for that kind of instance? It's it's weird because I think Larson's used to getting punted for the win, you know. (laughs) So I think he was like, "Oh, okay, cool." Um, Bell, as aggressive as Bell is, he's and that's the one thing that a lot of people respect Christopher Bell for, and I can respect for him too is. He's not going. He's going to give it everything, but he's not going to wreck you for a win. I don't think I've ever seen Bell try to move somebody for a win. I don't think I've ever. If he doesn't have the car, he doesn't have the car. But he's going to try. He really be a cut from the same cloth. Very much so. Yeah. Well. Okay. Yeah. I was about to say. Are we talking about the Willie B from this year or Willie B from last year, where he spun Hamlin through the dirt? Um. I'm talking about this year. <laughs> okay. 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 Yeah. He's been a good boy this year. Anyway. But, um, but yeah, so Kyle Busch finished P3, Keselowski P4, Chastain P5. Now, Ryan Blaney, you want to talk about emotions. So, Ryan Blaney originally finished P6, right? Yeah. However, through post-race inspection, they found his car to be disqualified. Because I think okay, so what, what caused the disqualification? I think the shocks were a little bit too long or something like that. They said the shocks were too long or something like that. It was really, it was really weird. Um, I don't know who measures that. Keep going. Sorry. It was, I want to see if they have it. Um, they're, yeah. So, I want to get the job of NASCAR to measure shocks. So it was, but then literally, so originally he was disqualified. So everybody got moved up a spot, right? And that put him originally put him minus fifty six going below the cut line going into Homestead, which is like would have basically made him on a must win for the next two races, right? Right. However, upon further review, like a football, like a football game, upon further review, they realized that they were actually in the wrong, and what? everyone's shock was actually like longer than it was supposed to be. So they realized they had to penalize everybody. So they just said, you know what? We're going to just rescind our penalty, but he keeps his position at sixth and goes from being minus 56 below the cut line to only minus 17, which is still wow. a, lot, a lot better than minus 56. Hell yeah. I mean, that's, that gives him a chance on points. I mean, I'm not saying it's likely, but it doesn't put him in the championship for, but at least he doesn't have to must win. You know, he can have people have bad luck. Right. Um, William Byron finished P7, Tyler Reddick P8. Honestly, Tyler Reddick and Bubba Wallace, they're 20, my 2311 people, man. That was a race where both cars were just god-awful. But the thing about how much evolution that team has gone through is, most of the time when they have cars that bad, you see them in P18, P19, P21, something like that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, despite how bad the cars the their cars were, they both of them stayed inside the top fifteen the entire day. So, shout out to them. Um, Truex finished P nine, and then Denny Hamlin P ten. So that was your top ten. Um, very good race for all those. Everyone, what happened to Alex Bowman? Why, why he was thirty fifth, right? 
Alex Bowman got an incident. It was so Alex Bowman, Carson Hosevar, and even Eric Jones. Eric Jones was able to recover from his. All of them had tire issues. Ty Gibbs the same way. Both of them. Ty Gibbs basically had a wheel loose, so that was his issue. But Hosevar and Bowman both had a tire go down. So it was very typical of Chevrolets for that to happen. Now, switching gears to um, the Xfinity race, which I didn't watch because, unfortunately, I was working. But um, I saw a little bit of highlights. Riley Herbst, man, he... Also, there's a video making its way through um, social media about the amount of places John Hunter Hemacek made up on one one restart. I think he made like 13 spots in like two or three laps. On Damn, one restart. I missed that one. Yeah, it was insane. Like, he was just passing them all. But, yep, yeah, Riley Herbst led 103 laps. He was on it today, that day, man. 103 laps to get his first career Xfinity win. By the way, that happened to be Stuart House Racing's 100th career National Touring Series win. So, across Riley NASCAR. Riley Stepping Herbst. You heard it here first. <laughs> Riley Herbst, it's amazing. Everyone thought, like, oh, Harvey could be the one to deliver win number 100. It'd probably be Cole Custer. Nope. The 100 NASCAR victory for Stuart House Racing came via Riley Herbst. Damn. Um, yeah. There's also a lot of drama with him being, like, a pay-to-drive guy. So it's good to see him get the dub. Right. Um, And honestly, it's good to see him because he's been – he's – he hasn't let the world on fire, but he's been consistent. That's the thing about him. Was he's always been consistent. You can always find that 98 somewhere in that top 10 every single week, you know? So, and we all knew. If you watched him enough, you already knew. One of these days, they're going to put it together. And finally, today, yes, uh, that last Saturday was that day. Um, Going through the running order, John Hunter check finished P2. Cole Custer, his teammate, finished P3. So, good day for Stuart Haas Racing in general. Chandler Smith, P4, Sam Mayer, P5, Allgaier, P6, Austin Hill, 7th, Brandon Jones, 9th, 8th, Hemrick, 9th, and Lane Riggs picks up his first career top 10 in the Xfinity Series, finishing P10. So, shout out to um, Lane Riggs, who's getting better every single week. A couple shout outs I want to give personally. Parker Redsclaff in the Jordan Anderson Racing Team. That team's qualified P5, man. They were they were really quick. Um, finished P14, unfortunately. I don't know what happened to them, but um, still good qualifying run. So it looks like Parker Redsclaff, Parker Redsclaff is making his, is um, getting coming into his own in the Xfinity Series. Um, Ryan Reed finished P20 in his return to the Xfinity Series. So shout out to him. But yeah, it was a, like I said, it was a very good, fun weekend, a very good story. I think the story of this weekend really was more um, Riley Herbst getting his first career win than Kyle Larson locking his way into the championship for it. I think that was more of the biggest story. That's a, that's a very good point. I mean, like, speaking of, like, points in general, Kyle Larson's locked in now, right? So yep, how are we feeling? I mean, every, everybody's pretty close in points, right? That is one spot now off the board. Three more for the um, championship four. So now if you look at the Cup Series playoffs, like I said, Larson has advanced with the win. 
Byron is currently second, P plus nine over the cut line. It gets tight from there because Truex and Hamlin both P two plus um plus two over the cut line. So literally two points separate Jeez. them. Christopher Bell minus two, Tyler Reddick minus sixteen, Blaney minus seventeen, and Chris Busher is minus twenty three. No one's so, safe. No so yeah, safe. nobody is safe. Exactly. William Byron can literally have one incident and go from being plus nine to minus twenty five or something like that going into Martinsville. So it is very, very tight. Now looking at the Xfinity series, um obviously that was their first race of um the round of twelve of eight for them as well. Uh, with um what's his name? Riley Herbs winning. Nobody locked themselves in. Um, currently sits John Hernandez is basically locked in. He's plus plus forty seven going into um, Homestead this weekend. Justin Allgaier not not one hundred percent safe, but feeling pretty good. Justin Allgaier plus twenty one. Austin Hill plus nineteen, and Cole Custer plus fifteen. I think it's pretty well set at this point for a top. Yeah, I think it, it's going to take a win. It's going to take a Hail Mary win by the people below the cut line to make it in. I think points-wise, if like nobody else, let's say we get somebody outside the playoffs wins the next three races, I think everybody else is going to point in. Chandler Smith minus 15, Sam Mayer minus 16, Sammy Smith minus 35, and Sheldon Creed minus 41. Um... Like I said, as competitive as the Xfinity Series is at Homestead, do not count any of those guys below the cut line out. Any one of them can surprise win and make their way in. And don't forget, Sammy Smith won the Xfinity race earlier in the year at home at um, Phoenix. So if he can, how how crazy it would be if he could just somehow win at Homestead and maybe win the championship right there at Phoenix. Like it's. Crazier things have happened. So, it is definitely tight going in. Now, um, we'll get to it later, but this is the championship cutoff race for the X for the Truck Series, actually. So, after... Yeah, you're right. I forgot about that. Yeah. After the Truck Series race on Friday, I believe, right? Yeah. On Friday, we will have our four championship drivers. So we'll talk about more of that when we get into the race preview. But overall, great weekend in Vegas. Do you have anything else, Kevin, before we take our first break? No, I'm looking forward to the news. Yeah, because Corey Heim broke my champion, my silly season bracket. But I'll tell you guys all about that when we get back. Hey, thanks for listening to the Round the Outside podcast presented by Freight Train Studios. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at FreightTrainCCB. There, you'll also find a link to our All My Links page where you can check out our YouTube channel. Thanks so much for your support, and back to the show. Welcome back to the Around the Outside podcast presented by Freight Train Studios. Um, and it is time for, for Captain, you know it is? The- and i said we talked about it one guy make breaking my my silly season um bracket as if you will so you gavin you've known for the last couple weeks when we were talking about the vacancies in the truck in the xfinity series for joe gibbs racing i said right now 
that 20 is as good as Corey Himes. Like, he's, mm-hmm. made, the champion, he's made the championship for the truck series. They have an opening for a Toyota team, top Toyota team. Like, at this point, it's a no-brainer, right? Yeah. Well, throw all that out the window. Because it was announced earlier this week, um, on the 16th, that he will return to Tricon in 2024 in the number 11. So, Corey Heim will go, will not move up to Xfinity. He will stay in the truck series for one more season. And that also knocks a little bit because I was sure that they were going to move Jesse Love to replace Corey Heim in that 11 truck going into 2024. So now everything is just all discombobulated. Now we got two, we got really two open Xfinity series rides. At, for Joe Gibbs Racing on top Joe on the top Toyota team that really don't have a guaranteed driver right now. Um, however, this does kind of like infatuate my point that um, the truck series. I think honestly, Captain, we're gonna get mm-hmm. to a point where they might move Corey Heim straight from truck series up to Cup. I can see it. Really, I can see it. Um, because I mean, right that now. Was if they were going to put him saying last week about the value of the truck series for developing talent. Yeah. And like I said, we've, we've already seen Carson Hosevar moving straight from, from truck series up to cup. Zane Smith's doing it. Like this, it's looking like the truck series to cup is the move right now. Um, also announced that they're going to be returning is, um, what's his name? Um, Christian Eckes in the McAnally Hilgram. Hilgerman, 19, he'll be returning back to that 19 truck. Um, he did so well with this. Honestly, that this was a no-brainer, really. Um, he has been on fire this year. I think he's gotten multiple, multiple wins this season in that 19. Um, I'm looking at his stats so far this year. And that 19, prior to Eckes getting in, had never won the race in the truck series. But this year alone, he's got three wins Three poles, twelve top, twelve top tens, nine top fives, and led three hundred fifteen laps. So this dude has set set that team alight. Has basically become the go to guy for that um, Bill McAnally Racing team. So shout out to um, Christian Eckes, who he, so he will be returning to that nineteen. Um, but yeah, it's now it's just. Cam, it just, everything is up in the air now, because I don't know what the fuck going on with who's going to go up to. Lux, you normally got, like, a crystal ball for naming this stuff. Like, you've been spot on for a lot. So is there any, like, hunches you got right now? Or, like, So, right now, the only thing I can think of, Xfinity-wise, so I'm going to look at the chart. Um, I think... I think right now, um, with Riley Hurts announcing he's going to be returning, I think hopefully Stuart House Racing can um, keep um, Smithfield even with Almirola retiring, and maybe that's where Cole Custer goes. I think that's a smart decision by Stuart House Racing is just bring Cole Custer back up to Cup. He has Cole Custer has next gen Cup Series experience. You know, I think he's paid his dues in the Xfinity Series, so I think it'd be a good move for him. Um, also to announce, and this is a big move, Sheldon Creed will not be, um, returning to the number two car next season. That was a big oh, yeah. news that was 
announced Sheldon Creed will be out of the number two Richard Childress car. Uh, did we cover that last week? I know off the top of my head, I don't recall. Oh, well, even if we did, just worth repeating. Um, but yeah, so really when I think about it, um, you got the 1820. Now that brings up the question of if Creed, because right now my initial thought is Creed would be a contender for that 16 um, Cup Series car if they bring, if if the dominoes fall in the way it looks like they're falling with Chandler Smith leaving colleague um, and AJ Allmendinger taking back that 16 car, then if the dominoes fall, that means they're going to move somebody up to Xfinity from that to that Cup Series car and Sheldon Creed could possibly be that guy. Um, but now, now it's looking like, honestly, I can see Sheldon Creed moving over to Juggins Racing in one of those two cars. That's a possibility. Um, another name so. that's... Yeah, that's, none, that's a possibility. And also, we talk about Chandler Smith wanting to move um, over to that Toyota camp again. He could be in the 18. They could slot him in that 18 car. Um... Another name, I don't, I still think Connor Mozak's on the board. Especially now more than ever. Connor Mozak's definitely on the board. Um and then we saw how good Ty Gibbs did. Ty Gibbs went straight from Arca to um to Xfinity. And so maybe Jesse Love can follow that route and he goes straight from Arca to um Xfinity series. So there's a lot of names. But if I had to put my doubt, my right now that are solid, have backing behind them, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say Carter Mozak and Jesse Love. Those are two names I think are probably the lead runners. Um, however, close behind would be Sheldon Creed and Chandler Smith. Those are two of my thoughts right there. That now, speaking of driver moves, you got Bread Bread Perez. Yep. Didn't he have some news this week? Um, did he? I don't know. Yeah, I thought he was getting himself a truck series. Oh yeah, he uh, is back in the truck series. Um, I don't know. I think he he's back in the truck series for Young Motorsports. I think this weekend. Obviously, it's his hometown race this weekend at um Homestead. So he'll be back in the truck series there. But Brad Perez, man, he's just he's all over the place, and everyone loves him. Like he's probably like. One of the, I don't think there's, I don't think he's single finest single person that doesn't like him across social media, this NASCAR sport itself. Like everyone loves Brad Perez. Yeah, but you met him in person too, right? I did meet him in person when I was down there in Charlotte. Um, Who's he like? Years though, real quick. What's up? Is he he good people? He's good people. Yeah, he's good people. Awesome. But switching gears real quick before we go back to silly season. With Sheldon Creed return, leaving that two team, that basically, and I think everyone is agreeing on this, I think that opens the door for Ty Dillon to return to, to the, um, Ty Dillon return to Richard Childress Racing. Like I said, his sponsor, Whalen stayed. So that sponsor, so that two car has a sponsor for next year, and it's Whalen. So all they need is a driver, and they got a full-time, full-time ride. So I can, fully see that being a landing spot for Ty Dillon. Um, and I think that can benefit him, um, give him another opportunity. But yeah, so the silly season is shake him up, shake him up, shake him, man. Nobody's nobody's got um, a guaranteed ride, people moving around. 
Also, another name that we can can't forget about um, Roger Carruth, What he's doing next year? Obviously, he's getting a next week, um, a couple weeks at Phoenix. He'd be driving for Hendrick Motorsports. So who knows what that race could um, do for him? But yeah, overall, it's just oh man, a lifetime right there, huge. Yeah, obviously. It's just right now, this is my favorite time of year, but also it's the most confusing time of year because you got to look at rumors. You got to look at, you know, opportunities, who's got sponsorship, who doesn't have sponsorship, you know, who's going to run good. It's just so many factors in silly season that it's so hard to narrow down what's going to happen. But it's that's the fun thing about it. That is the funnest thing about silly season. True that. But... But um, going more on news-wise, um, let me see here. I'm, I'm trying to go through all the news, make sure I don't miss anything. I mean, we can um, talk Budweiser, about some of the paint schemes that are coming. Yep, Budweiser will be back this weekend, sort of. Um, yeah. As Harvick's last three – oh, my God, it's hard to believe we're at, we're at Harvick's last three races of his right? Cup Series career. End of an the era. last three races, we are throwing it back to 2014, the first year of the grid playoffs, of the, of the current playoff system as we are used to it now, um, where Kevin Harvick took the number four Budweiser Chevrolet to victory lane, winning the 2014 championship, his only championship to date. Um, so... Harvick will be back with Budweiser on the car. And honestly, I think everyone's happy to see not only this paint scheme back, but just seeing Budweiser on the hood of a NASCAR again just puts a smile on everybody's face. Like, right. The, for those who don't know, Budweiser has been probably one of the core sponsors for NASCAR for years and years. I mean, obviously, Anheuser-Busch still exists in NASCAR, but they instead of promoting the Budweiser brand, they promote their Bush brand. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Budweiser. We've seen drivers like Casey Kane, obviously the most famous one, probably being Dale Earnhardt Jr. Um, Darrell Waltrip's run Budweiser colors. Like the list of people who have ran the Bud Car over the years has been has been vast. Matter of fact, I'm gonna see if I can get a list of people who have raced the Budweiser colors. But why don't you, while I'm looking that up, Kevin, why don't you tell me what's your thoughts on him running, returning to that Budweiser paint scheme? You know, I appreciate you asking, Lux. Like, I think the, I think it's a really cool homage, like, you know, a good shout-out. But I got to say, the scheme, not the best Budweiser scheme I've seen. Like, you know, you talked about some classics, like, you know, Dale Jr.'s old scheme or even the Casey Kane one. I just don't think this one holds up to those ones. The the number placement doesn't like connect well. The the branding's a little bit goofy. I mean, like I don't know. It just it felt like Budweiser phoned it in. Yep. Um. So I have a complete list of everyone who have driven the Bud car over the years, and dating back to like all the way back to like the mid '80s and stuff like that. So I'm just gonna go down the list. Obviously, the most famous one, Dale Earnhardt Jr. I think everyone remembers the, that Bud Eight, that big old Bud Number Eight car. Um, Ken Schrader in the Twenty Five has also driven for it. Bill Elliott has driven the Bud car for Number Eleven. Terry Labonte, Ricky Craven, 
Carol Waltrip and Neil Bonnet. Um, I think it was 84 and 85. Um, Junior Johnson Racing had two cars. The 11 and 12 both ran the um, Budweiser Colors. Terry Labonte, Jeff Bodines ran it before. Um, Wally Dallenbach and Randall Joy. And obviously Casey Kane as well and, and Kevin Harvick. So the, it's... It's a who's who's list of NASCAR legends that have driven the Budweiser colors. But as for your spon- as for it is, honestly, it does that sponsor the paint scheme. I mean, even it was they just moved the number up a little bit. Like it was, I don't mind it. It's people say, "Oh my God, look, cities with the number pushed up." It was it was janky with the number backwards anyway. So like, I don't mind it. Yeah, I think I think we need to just. Appreciate that Budweiser's back. Don't criticize it. You know, just be happy about this. Like, let's now we'll say this: the best Harvick Budweiser scheme. You got to go back, and I'm gonna see if I can. You got to go all the way back to I think like 2011 when he drove that black, that all black number 29 Budweiser car. Man, that oh yeah, that car was. Fire, man! That all black bud car, like, cause you we're used to. And the thing is, it, I reason why I loved it so much is because we are so used to that big red Budweiser car for years, right? So mm-hmm. when they changed the game and just made it all black for Kevin Harvick, you know, with the red number, with the red number outline, the red lettering, it just, it was just stunningly beautiful. It was gorgeous, man. And then we even got um later in the year. Got um the preview of the paint scheme that would come afterwards. That red, the return to the red scheme, which I'll send you. I'll well, I'll send you pictures to Kevin. But the they, I think the Budweiser car, the back the back half of the 2011 season, that Budweiser car was probably the best looking one ever. Like that it was, was, was pretty damn crisp, man. That was good. It was gorgeous. I'm trying to look at it right now. I'm looking at it right now, and I'm like. I'm falling in love with it. I'm falling in love with it all over post again. It. Do you send it to me? I don't see it. Uh, I will post it later. I'm just kind of staring right. at it right now. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so yeah, so Kevin Harvick, like I said, it's like ultimately at the end of the day, it's just good to see Budweiser back in NASCAR. Um, with his long history that they have and how much they have um done for the sport. So. So yeah, and also this weekend we're throwing a um we'll cover this more with when you go to preview, but it is a the Cup Series race is renamed in his honor. It's the Forever Four Hundred. So oh. So yeah, it's kind of a cool little thing to um shout out. Now, some I guess you could say negative news. Um do you remember the old team BK racing? Ooh. It was a team that sounds familiar, but it was a team that took a lot of the assets from the failing um, Red Bull racing. They took the number, the eighty-two, eighty-three. Yeah, they had the Burger King cars too, right? The Burger King cars officially Burger King. It was like a franchisee. Yeah, it was was weird where there was situation because it wasn't owned by the company of Burger King. It was just like somebody who had like a um. Franchise. He had like 60 restaurants or something, something. Don't quote yeah. me on the number. And yeah, it's so fine. Kind of get away with it. Because it comes up to a negative thing. So the owner of the team was Ron Devine. Well, 
This week, he was indicted Wednesday of four counts of failure to pay payroll taxes. Um. Oh. Yeah. So. So yeah, he's um. According to allegations in Wednesday's, in Wednesday's indictment, Divine oversaw BK Racing's financial affairs, the owner and president of BK Racing LLC. The indictment alleges that starting in 2012, Divine caused BK Racing to fail to account and account for and pay payroll taxes. So <laughs> apparently the team claimed that they own more than $8 million in outstanding loans. Holy shit. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's um, pay your taxes, people. Pay your taxes. That's all I can say. Pay, pay your taxes. That's the truth. Pay your motherfucking taxes, bro. They ain't, they ain't care. I don't care who you are. That's how they got Al Capone. That's how they get these people. Pay your fucking taxes, bro. Oh my goodness. Um. Anyway. Um. So to try and look for more news before we move on to the race preview. Do you have anything else? Not that I can think of off the top of my head. Oh, wait, wait one last one. Bubba. What about Bubba's it? got himself a pretty good paint scheme, doesn't he? Oh my god, this okay. We got we're gonna talk about this. We're gonna talk about this when we when we get to the race preview because there's so much we got to talk about going in homestead because we're back in Miami. Like this track has so much history being a former championship race vocation. So but we're gonna talk about all that on the other side. And when we get back, when it's time for the final rundown, I'll catch you guys on the other side. Hey. Do you know I also stream on Twitch? Make sure to follow me at twitch.tv slash luxrider. And now it's time for the final rundown. Back to the show. What is going on, people? And it's time for the final rundown. And this weekend, where are we at, Captain? We are in. We're going to Miami. Welcome to Miami. Sorry. I'm a little Will Smith on. I'm a little Will Smith on. We are headed. To the home of the championship of the season finale race from 2003 all the way up to, shit, what, 2019, I think it was? Something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. from 20, 2003 to 2019, we were going to the track that hosted the championship finale for so many years. We are headed to Homestead, Miami Speedway, and man, do we got some... Cool paint schemes and cool storylines going into this race. Now, before we do it, because this is the first time we're headed to this track this year, let's break down the racetrack, Captain, shall we? Shall. So, Homestead was, it's honestly, compared to like the older tracks on the schedule, is one of the older ones. Yep. It honestly, it broke ground 30 years ago. And it officially opened 27 years ago, so it's about my age. Uh-huh. Oh man, I want to bet that Jeff Gordon won the first race there. He did not actually. Um, who did? I don't think he did actually. I don't think he did. I don't know who won the first race there. Um, let's see here. First, first race, race and not first official first race. race. There was. Ooh, I actually know who won the first one. So the first cup race there was, for, so for a record real quick, let's talk about the track before we go into that. 
The track itself is a big facility. It's home for a road course. They have an indoor infield road course um, that's hosted IndyCar races and sports car races. The oval itself is 1.5 miles long. It used to be flat in turns. It used to be like small, small banking. From 97 to 2002, the banking used to be only six degrees and the straights were th- three degrees but since they re um paved it or like kind of like reworked it now the pinkings are 18 to 20 degrees progressive and the straight is three so it's gotten definitely um better i think because the racing's gotten so much well now the thing about this track is it's known for being fast if you get right up there near the wall. You got to get right up there or and run what we call the Larson Reddick line. Right. Those so guys are wizards are holding it right there. So for those who don't know, the reason why we call it that line is because the only two people that are really good at doing it are Tyler Reddick and Kyle Larson. Now, the funniest thing is, Kevin, did you ever watch that special that NASCAR had on, I think it was like Race Hub or whatever, talking with the 2012 NASCAR Next Class? I did not. How'd that one go? So, so it was, so for those who know now, the 2012 NASCAR Next Class um, was a who's who of current NASCAR stars. Let me see this, if I can bring, bring it up. It, um, a couple of notable names in that class were Kyle Larson himself. Bubba Wallace, Ryan Blaney, um, Daniel Suarez, um, and so many others. Oh, wasn't Corey LaJoy in that too? Corey LaJoy as well, yep. Um, so yeah, the class of the NASCAR next class was, yeah, you had, you had Ryan Blaney, Chase Elliott, um, Kyle Larson, Daniel Suarez, and Bubba Wallace. So, that was a very, very famous race class. I mean, you see what they're doing, all of them are doing now. And it's amazing that they all came from the same class. But um, but it was funny. Larson told a story of when he first raced there at Homestead, how he was following Kyle Busch. And according to him, Kyle Busch told him, hey, man, you can go higher. You can go higher in the corner. You're, you're way too low. You're way too low in the corner. So he apparently stuck right up the fence and... Made it work, but yeah. So that track itself yeah. was very, very, very fast. It was funny. They were joking and said, "Are you sure he was pointing up and not just giving you a finger?" <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah, no. So the track itself, big one foot, a mile and a half. So definitely fast. Um, NASCAR's all three series have raced there since the beginning. Um, Xfinity has raced there since '95. Cup Series since '99, and the X- Truck Series from 1996 so with that being said we talk about the 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 people who won the first race in 1999 for the cup series was won by the hoosier native hoosier himself tony stewart oh number 20 tony stewart actually matter of fact tony stewart actually won the first two races at um that racetrack by the way Back to back in '99 and 2000, Tony Stewart both won the both races at that racetrack. So um, Bill Elliott won in 2001, the first win for Dodge on the return. Kurt Busch won the last race on the old layout, and then Bobby Labonte and Bobby Labonte won the first race on the new layout in the most 
stunning fashion, man. I don't know if you ever, if you remember that, but it was funny. So, going into that race, 2003, um, the week prior, Bill Elliott won what would be his penultimate race, his um, final career Cup Series win at Rockingham, right? It was a race Matt Kenseth clinched the 2003 championship. So, yeah. he went into um, Homestead, last lap, big gap on second, looked like he was going to get back-to-back career wins to end out his career and to end the 2003 season. He comes off turn two, the car wiggles and shakes, and oh no, Bill Elliott has a flat. Oh. In the last lap, and here comes Bobby Labonte around him on the back straightaway to take what would end up being his last career Cup Series victory in 2003 at the with the number 18 Joe Gibbs Racing Interstate Battery Chevrolet. So, now, I say that because ever since that, then after that race, we had a Roush Racing gouging. It was at this point, Roush Racing decided they wanted to own this racetrack for a while because they would go on to win one, two, three, four, five straight victories at Homestead. Damn. With the first three being Greg Biffle three years in a row, 2004, 2005, and 2006. Carl Edwards, Matt Kenseth would win in 2007, and Carl Edwards would win in 2008. But ever since then, really, it's been Joe Gibbs Racing, or Tony, or Roush Racing has basically owned this racetrack for the last couple of years. So, yeah. Um, Greg Biffle holds the record for most wins at that racetrack. He, it's a three-way tie, actually, between... Him, Tony Stewart, and Denny Hamlin. Greg Biffle won 2004-2006. Tony Stewart, we talked about the first two wins, and then his win 2011, where he clinched the 2011 championship. And then Denny Hamlin, 2009, 2013, and 2020. Um, Joe Gibbs Racing has eight wins at that racetrack. Roush Fenway has seven. Hendrick Motorsports, four. And Stewart House Racing, two wins at that track. So, Yeah. This track has been owned by two people, two two teams. But with that being said, um, now we look at the Xfinity Series history at this track, and it's pretty much about the same. Um, it's about it's actually more mixed bag. You have um a lot of different teams who have won here. Um, oh, for real! Everything from Joe Gibbs Racing, RCR, Junior Motorsports, um. Hey, Scott, and Kyle Larson's won here in Xfinity Series. Brad Keselowski, who's who. So it's a very competitive track. And one cool name that's won here in the Truck Series, one Bubba Wallace has won here in the Truck Series before. So, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Yep. Um, Bubba Wallace won here in 2014, which I hate it because if Truck Series had the playoff format in 2014, Bubba Wallace would have been the champion that year. Son of a bitch. <laughs> Oh, dude, I forgot about that. Yeah. Yep. If they, if they would have had the championship format in 2014 for the Truck Series, the playoff format that we're used to now, but Walls would have been the 2014 champion. That would have drove everyone up the fucking wall. Damn. Anyway, the Cup Series track record is owned by Kevin Harvick in 2019 at 31.5. Um, Truck Series... Track record is Justin Haley in 2018 at 32.4. And Xfinity is Cole Custer that same year, 2018, at a 32.59. As for the oval itself track record, Sam Hornish Jr. 
holds it in IndyCar at 24.6. So, yeah. With that being said, um, like I said, we talk about the paint schemes that everyone has. Um, That's everyone exciting has ones for 23.11, right? Yes, we do, but we're going to get to that. Um, one of my favorite Penske paint schemes over the last three or four years is back the Freightliner kind of like neon paint scheme. Austin Cendrick's going to be in a two. I fucking love this scheme. And it's even cooler now with the kind of like light blue number eight um, coloring replaced by the pink for Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Um, obviously, we talked about the Budweiser scheme being back for Kevin Harvick. Um, let's see what else is there. The Black Hoon scheme is back for back for Chase Elliott in number nine car. The Black Hoon scheme. Um, sport, yep, Sport Clips is back on the tw- on the eleven for Denny Hamlin. Um, going through the list, fast and all back on the seventeen, and then we get to Bubba Wallace in his number twenty three paint scheme. Who they actually ran a vote, a poll on NASCAR's web on um, McDonald's website of the paint schemes that Bubba Wallace should run, and it was unanimously voted the purple, purple flamed Grimace paint scheme will be Bubba Wallace's car for her this weekend. Yeah, um, dope. And Tyler Reddick will be um, Tyler Reddick will be in the um, forty-five Hamburglar hamburger car which is kind of cool looking as well so yeah um so that's really cool liberty back on the 24 going through the other paint schemes that you'll see this weekend oh notable john arnimacek will be making his return to the cup series before um his full-time debut He'll be running this weekend, driving the 42 that he'll be driving next year as a Toyota. So he'll be making a one race stop as a as a to- Chevrolet driver this weekend, as he's getting a little bit acclimated with his team for 2024. He'll be behind the wheel of the 42 Sunseeker Resort Chevrolet. So welcome back, John Harnimacek, to the Cup Series for this weekend. Alex Bowman in the bright colored Ally Miami scheme. That's going to be fun for him to see. Ryan Newman's back. He'll be in the 51. Um, Let's see other paint schemes we'll see for this weekend. Some unique ones. Um, I think that's about it. Looking for like colorful paint schemes. Oh, Joe Graff Jr. will be in the colorful Wawa paint scheme. Yes, sir. I'm excited to see Wawa back on the board of a race car. Let's go. Could be a better driver, but I digress. Um, and and Jeremy Clemens, man, Jeremy Clemens, the Xfinity retro guy. I think he'll be running a little bit of a retro, the retro um, Sitco paint scheme, a little bit. So he'll be Ooh. driving. Yeah, really interesting number fifty-one car. Um, yeah, and Dale Junior will be back in the Xfinity series field this weekend, driving the Bass Pro Shops eighty-eight. At the track where he clinched two, his two Xfinity Series championships. Oh, his ratings are oh. ratings are going to be up for Xfinity Series. Oh, let me tell God. you. Yep. So, um, with that being said, let's get into it because we got some odd, we got some 
special guests joining us this weekend for um, all three series. So let's kick it off with the truck series and we get to our picks. Um, some notable names on the entry list for this weekend. Um, Marco Andretti will be returning. He'll be in the car for the last two races for Spire Motorsports. He'll be in the seven. So he's back for this weekend. Brad, Brad Perez. Brad, Brad Perez will be in O2 for Young Motorsports. So shout out to him. Um, Hell yeah. Other names we'll see um, this weekend. We got Armani Williams. I don't know if, if anybody knows who that is. Shout out to him. Sorry. Oh, Lacker Wear Racing has a special guest in their 25 truck. Trevor Bain is in the truck series this weekend, driving for the number 25. Ooh. So Trevor Bain will be in that 25 truck for Rackley Wear Racing. That'd be a fun so, dog race. That'd be cool. That'd be cool. That'd be cool. Um, But yeah. So with that being said, Captain, we're going to flip a coin like we usually do. Are you sticking with Tails Never Fails? Yes, sir. All right. Let's see if it fails this week. Tails Never Fails. You go first. Hell yeah. So, you know who's gonna who win is your truck series? truck series favorite? Cup Series favorite or Truck Series favorite? Carson Hosevar. Truck Series favorite. Carson <laughs> Hosevar. Okay, oh. okay. When when his way into in. yeah, when his way into the um. Go ahead. I'm, I'm I'm over talking to you. Say it one more time. Oh. I was just saying this is the time he steps up. Like I feel real confident about him. All right. Who is your dark horse in that case? Oh, man. Am, am I allowed to say Zane Smith? I mean, he's 36 below the cut, but like. I mean, if you, you want to go, go with it, go with it. If you want to go with it, it's up to you. All right. Yeah, I'm going to say Zane Smith. You know, like just it's a Hail Mary. He pulls it off. What you got, Lex? So my favorite is a man who locked himself into the championship for last season. With a win at this very track. And I think he can do it again. So give me big TY Ty Majeski as my main pick. Ooh. The Thor Sport 998. I was hoping I was like, I was like, if you're gonna leave him to him, I'm taking him. I'm taking him if you're gonna leave me to him. Yeah. And you know what? Sense. You called it. You said he, he just gotta make a good dark horse. Give me Trevor Bain as my dark horse for this weekend. For the nice. truck series. Trevor Bain. I'll take Trevor Bain that Rackley Rare number 25 truck. Be really cool to see him get a victory. So now we move to Xfinity. And because you went first in the cut in trucks, I will go first here. Hell yeah. Um, some notable names this weekend. We have Natalie Decker will be back in the 07. Um, Derek Cross in the 11. Joe Graff Jr. in the 19. Um, Jeffrey Earnhardt in the 44, Ryan Newman in the 66, making his return really? to the Xfinity Series. Newman's in the races, yeah. All right. Um, and then Dale Jr. is back in the 88. So with that being said, we go into Homestead. It's a very fast mile and a half track. As for my main pick, we go in here. Who is going to clinched their spot, the second spot in the, their, well, actually the first spot in the final round. I'm going to go with 
Also, Myatt Snyder back between behind the wheel of the 19... No, actually, no, it's Joe Graff Jr. I don't know why I'm saying Myatt Snyder. Um, oh, man. I'm going to go... I'm going to go with Cole Custer. Um, he's won here in the Xfinity Series before. Um, he's won, like I said, he's won here before in the Xfinity Series, I believe. Um, and I think he'll do good, so I'm going to take Cole Custer. It's a big risk, but I'm going to go Cole Custer. That's going to be my main pick. As for my dark horse, the man has won two Xfinity Series championships at this track. Driving in the Xfinity Series. He's back behind the wheel of his own equipment. He did really well at Bristol. Give me Dale Earnhardt Jr. as my dark horse. Oh, man. Nice. I got to do it. I got to do it. I got to do it. If he shows off a shocking win, I'm going to be livid. I'm going to be that happy all right, go ahead. That'd be huge. Um, okay, so for my main pig, Lux, I'm going to go with uh, Austin Hill. Okay. He's got four wins this season. I think he'll get his fifth. I don't have much more for that uh, for Austin Hill. I'm just sending good vibes his way. But for my dark horse, I'm going to go with Mr. Ryan Newman. Ooh. Just taking a time portal back to 2005 with your dark horse, I'm going to do the same. Rocket okay. man for the win. Okay, that would be that would be really cool if he if he got that win, um, for there. But now I went first, so now it's back on to you. You go first this weekend. John Hernemichek in the forty-two, Ryan Newman in the fifty-one. Um, outside of that, your usual suspects. So who takes home the forever four hundred at Homestead in the Cup Series? Who's your forever four hundred is unfortunately won by the five of Kyle Larson. The dude is unconscious. He's he's just gonna run away with it. All right, who's your dark horse? Dark horse. This one's gonna be pretty dumb. Dark horse. Austin Sindrick. Oh, that is as dark as dark horse can get. Right. <laughs> um. There, there's again dark as a dark horse can get. This would be uh, maybe if a meteor hits like turn one during a restart. I don't know. I mean, this is things would have to fall his way. But there is some forward speed, and if it's a fuel mileage race, you never know. So he's my dark horse. So you got Lux. My main pick is honestly I had him pegged for this win early in the season in my early season predictions. We talk about. Kyle Larson being one of the guys who can rip that outside line. Well, I'm going to take the other guy who can do it. Give me the hamburger for the win. Give me Tyler Reddick in the 45 as my main pick. I think he gets it done, locks himself into the championship four with a win. As far as a dark horse, we talked about how this track at the early days was home to one team that dominated it. And I think we can see a return to fortune. This man has run well at this track before, clinching trucks, clinching championships, and winning races in the Xfinity Series. Give me Brad the Bid Keselowski taking Roush Fenway Racing back to victory lane at Homestead. Oh, that would be great. That would that be would amazing. Be if there's any place for that six, that number six car to return to victory lane, how about the track that Roush Fenway Racing pretty much owned in the, in the early days? That would be a really cool throwback. But, yeah, with that being said, now it's time to wrap this up with our hot takes of the week. Captain, do you have any? 
Uh, my hot take is the next NASCAR game that gets made is actually going to be not terrible for the first that time is, in a decade. That is, it is quite a hot take. That is quite a hot take. Okay. All right. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's honestly, I just, I really wanted them to go to Codemaster. It's like, you don't know how, y'all have no idea how mad I wanted to see Codemaster make a NASCAR game. Come on, bro. I've been wanting this for the longest fucking time, man. Damn it. Yeah, I think you got a really good point, but I'm just saying this one, I'm not saying it's going to be good. I'm not even saying it's going to be mid. I think it's just going to be not terrible. I think it's it's just going to be enjoyable. It's going to be all around enjoyable. Yeah, which for, like, when was the last time that happened for a NASCAR game? Fair enough, fair enough. All right. Um, My hot take is... I'm going to take it back. We're, we're talking about throwbacks and stuff like that. And I'm, this is going to be quite a hot take. I think NASCAR would put on a good race. When we're at Homestead, I think NASCAR would put on a good race if they ran the Roval at Homestead Miami Speedway. Ooh. I think they would make a good race if they ran the Roval. Because honestly, when you look at the road course at the Homestead Miami Speedway, that first turn is a diagonal, very fast turn. Oh, like, man. The thing is, that it's, it's different than the usual Rovals because they really don't use any. Most of the Rovals we run at, they use a little bit of the NASCAR track, right? The oh, Indian, I, I, the, I can see the this, smile on Ross Chastain and Joey Logano's faces right now, just the mention of that turn one. Oh, my God. It is fast. It's fast. It's flat. And it's very, very quick. But honestly, the track itself, you got 15 turns. It's very quick. And I think I would like to see NASCAR run it or maybe even just do a test session on it because I think that'd be really fun. But no. I, I really, I didn't really have a good um, hot take for this week. So, because I kind of used my good one up last week with the truck series. What the fuck are you and, dogging me? What's up? And then you were dogging me. Hey, 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 I'm allowed to mulligan. Everybody's allowed to mulligan. Anyway, with that being said, Kevin, do you have anything before we sign our? That's all I got, Lux, man. I'm looking forward to this weekend. Well, guys, real quick before we sign off, with this being, we have, after this episode, we have one, two, three more episodes left for this season of the Around the Outside podcast. I'm going to be saying it for the last three weeks. Everyone has listened. Thank you guys so much. Um, Yeah. So make sure you guys stay tuned to our Twitter page on more stuff we'll be working on because we are going to stay. I'm going to stay personally busy in the offseason. I don't know about Captain, but I'm going to stay personally busy in the offseason. But with that being said, guys, as always, Godspeed. Right on. Choo, 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 cho